Back on Easter, we asked you, uh, what would you really like to hear a message on? We did this on both of our campuses. We are one church with two campuses. And the overwhelming response was, we'd love to hear a message on how to fight against anxiety, fear, and worry. So that's what we're going to do today. So if you struggle with anxiety sometimes or fear or worry, this is really for you. And if you don't, maybe you should check your pulse to see if you're still alive. And um, I thought because of how emotional the subject is, maybe it'd be a good idea to pray before we open God's word. So let's pray. Jesus, you invite the weary and heavy laden to come to you. And uh, you, you invite us to come and learn from you. And that's why we're here, because we want to learn from you. We've tried a lot of other things, and we're still worried, and we're still anxious, and we're still fearful. Um, so forgive the one who speaks for sins or many, and as we open your word, help us to, to find rest in you. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to read this morning from Matthew chapter 6. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn there with me. If you don't, you can follow on the screens. I want to set it up a little bit. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, um, and, and he's teaching his disciples, his disciples that, uh, that disciples should be different from people who aren't disciples of Jesus. That makes sense, doesn't it? That he, he, he says that people who believe in Jesus, their lives should be visibly different from people who don't believe. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? And he says that those who love Jesus, their lives should look different from those who don't. And that those who follow Jesus, their lives should look different from those who don't. Uh, kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Um, now, something they did at, at Passion Camp, which I really like, I think I'm going to adopt, they said it's, it's good to be in the Word but it's better to be under the word. And so today we come not just to be in the word, but we come to be under the word. I mean, when we open the Bible up, do we really believe that God has spoken and we're gathered together to sit under God's word? So Jesus speaking to his disciples in Matthew 6, verse 24 says, no one, by the way, that includes you, no one can serve two masters, for either he will, um, he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. Jesus says each of us needs to make a choice. We're either going to ser serve Jesus or we're going to serve wealth, one or the other. And Jesus says that his disciples are those who said, I am going to follow Jesus. He's going to be my Lord. And he says those who follow Jesus, who Jesus is their master, they're different. Their lives are visibly different than those whose master is money. And he says one of the ways, one of the ways our lives is different is when it comes to worry. Notice how 24 and 25 are connected. For this reason, since we've chosen Jesus to be our master, uh, since we've decided to be disciples and follow Jesus, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, 
nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now notice he tells us here, do not be worried. Did you know that's the most repeated command in the Bible? That it's repeated about 365 times, like one for every day of the year. Sometimes it's don't be anxious. Sometimes it's don't be worried. Sometimes it's don't be afraid. But 365 times, don't be worried. In this passage, in the 11 verses, worry will occur five times. Three times he'll command us, don't be worried, don't be worried. And then twice there's questions, how's worrying improving your life? How's it helping you? So let's just take a little bit and kind of define some words. I think this will be helpful for us. Uh, okay, let's look at uh, worry. What do we mean when we say worry? Worry means to give way to anxiety or unease, to allow one's mind, notice how important the mind is, to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulties or troubles. Ever do that? So what are the top 10 worries? What do people worry about in America? Uh, people worry, they worry about work. Wow. That really gets messed up when I put things on the screen, doesn't it? People worry about work, and then people worry about, they worry about relationships. Um, all right, people work. Let me get this right. Top 10 worries. People worry about work, money. People worry about being late. Not many of you do that. Sorry about that. I had to do that. Uh, a friend or relative's health, our own health, relationships, missing a plane or bus. Oh, that's my wife. We have no fear of missing a plane. We are there hours and hours and hours early. Worry about missing a plane or bus. Worry about not waking up to our alarm. We worry about our appearance, and we worry about our family's safety. Okay, so that's worry. All right, now, now what's fear then? What's fear? How is fear different? Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief. Notice how our mind and emotions are connected. It starts in the mind and moves to the emotions. An unpleasant emotion caused by the belief, that's our thinking, that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. So again, what are our top 10 fears? Uh, flying. <clears throat> number one. Number two, public speaking. Number three, heights. That's me. You'll never see pictures of me close to a cliff. Number four, the dark. Number five, intimacy. Number six, death. Number seven, failure. People fear rejection. Now, this is just an interesting one to me, spiders <laughs> and commitment. Now, as I read this, I thought, no wonder people today are afraid to get married and struggle staying married. Look at the top 10 fears people have and how many are related to marriage. There's intimacy, there's failure, rejection, and commitment. Well, all of those would be tied up in, in, in marriage, wouldn't they? Uh, so, so those are fears. Well, well, then what does it mean to be anxious? How is being anxious or anxiety different? An anxious means experiencing worry, unease, or nervousness, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Um, 
these are really interesting. I know someone who's a no-fear person, will eat anything, do anything, but he's undone by panic attacks. He's undone by anxiety. So, so there is a difference between worry and fear and being anxious, is there? Isn't there? Uh, and, and, then, and then a phobia, interesting, is an extreme or irrational fear or aversion to something. So that gives us a little bit of, of, a, of a vocabulary and definition as we begin to unpack what Jesus says when he commands us, do not be worried. Now you have to imagine Jesus is outside teaching this. And Jesus uses all of nature to teach. Uh, Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Look around you. Look at the birds. God takes care of them. You're worth far more than the birds to your father. Um, and who, who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? How is worry improving your life? There's one of the questions. And the second question, and why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they... Uh, the lilies of the field, they do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that, you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the, the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, second time he commands us that, right? Do not worry then saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. And Gentiles, he's speaking about unbelievers, people who don't know Jesus. For unbelievers, they spend their whole life worried about themselves and their needs. For the Gentiles eagerly seek these things. For your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. But if you're a Christian... If you're a Christian, you have a father who knows your needs. If you're a Christian, you have a big brother to protect you. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. So now he gives his prescription for worrying, okay? Instead of being consumed with our own needs, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Listen, seek Jesus. Seek his kingdom, seek his righteousness, and all the things that you worry about, he'll add them to you. Uh, That's going to be the point of the message today, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, the next verse is really, really interesting. I I love the first half of the next verse. The first half of the next verse is, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. And you see the word carry, it's really the word worry. Literally, what it's saying is, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry for itself. And I would love that. So far, so good, right? (laughs) How about the second half of the verse? Each day has enough troubles of its own. Why worry about tomorrow's troubles today? Because there's enough troubles that we'll face today. So, here's what we're going to learn, that Jesus says the real key to overcoming fear and anxiety and worry is to seek Jesus, is to seek Jesus to, because only Jesus can, because only Jesus can help us overcome our past 
and, uh, and be prepared for the future and, and enjoy today. Enjoy today because here's what happens to us. Um, we live in today, don't we? We live today, right? But what happens? We worry about our past, right? So our past ruins our present. So we worry about our past and it ruins the present. And then we do what? We worry about what might happen in the future. And so then we worry about the future and the future ruins the present. So we worry about the past, we worry about the future, and we ruin the present. And so what Jesus is saying is, seek first him. Because Jesus alone can enable us to overcome our past. Jesus alone can help us to be prepared for the future, and we ought to be prepared for the future. And when we are overcome our past, and then we are prepared for future, then we can enjoy the present. So what Jesus is saying is what we really need to experience on a daily basis to overcome fear and worry and anxiety is the power of the gospel. Because the good news of the gospel is that Jesus enables us to overcome our past, to be prepared for the future, and then enjoy the present one day at a time. So let's, un let's unpack the gospel just a little bit. Let's look first at the bad news of the gospel and ask, why do we worry? Hmm? Why do we worry? The reason we worry is we are broken people living in a broken world. Why do we worry? Because we are broken people living in a broken world. Our first parents, our first parents sinned against God and their sin wrecked everyone and everything. Their sin broke everyone and everything. Um, now, this is a big word, but it's a good word. Theologians talk about total depravity. You like that word? Total depravity. And that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that we're as bad as we could be. But what it does mean is every part of us, we are broken people, and every part of us has been broken by sin. Our minds have been broken by sin. That's why we don't always make a hundred on a test, right? And our emotions, our emotions have been broken by sin. They don't always function correctly. And our wills, <clears throat> our wills, our choosers <clears throat> have been broken by sin. And that's why we don't always make the right choices. And our bodies, our bodies are broken by sin. That's why some people with broken bodies, they have panic attacks and anxiety attacks and it comes from their bodies. It's not just a matter of worrying, right? We are broken people, aren't we? And we are broken people living in a broken world. And we encounter troubles every day, don't we? I mean, there's cancer and, and, and there's divorce and domestic violence and there's hurricanes. You know, with hurricane seasons, we could face a hurricane, right? Listen, so many things can go wrong and do go wrong every day. The reason we worry, the reason we have fear and anxiety is we are broken people living in a broken world. And at the end, what's always at the end laughing at us? What? What's at the end of our life? What? Death. No wonder we worry. No wonder we're anxious. No wonder we... Listen, we could die and we will die. Matter of fact... Here's the, here's the bad news of the gospel. For the wages of sin is death. 
we are broken people living in a broken world, and we have all committed crime after crime against God, a God who is just, a God who is just, a God who must punish sin. And God says the penalty that our sins deserve, notice what it says, the wages of sin is death. And when you see death, it's not speaking simply of physical death. Physical death is at the end of our lives when our bodies and spirits are separated from one another. But what the Bible says is the wages of sin is eternal death. And eternal death is the separation of our body and spirit from God and from all good things forever. That's why we're worried. That's why we're fearful, because at the end, we face eternal death. That's what hell is, is separation from God and from all good things. In this life, everyone gets to enjoy friends, family, sunshine, food, but hell will be separation from God and from all good things. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, smile. this is a real upper. But, but listen, we have to understand the bad news first, then we're ready for the good news. Now notice what comes next in this verse. For the wages of sin is death, but... Oh man, I talk about good buts and bad buts, and this is a great but. But, notice what it says, the free gift of eternal life. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The good news, the way we overcome worry, fear, and anxiety is to understand we can get what we don't deserve rather than getting what we deserve. And the reason we can is because there's someone named Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is God the Son who put on flesh and came to earth. Jesus Christ is unique, fully God and fully man. And he came into the world in a unique way. He was born of a virgin. So though he was fully human, he didn't have a sinful human nature like us. He was fully God, fully man, and he could do for us what we couldn't do. He lived a perfect life for us. It doesn't mean he was easy. It wasn't easy. He was tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. So he lived a perfect life for us, and then he went to the cross... And, um, and he died for our sins. Notice what Jesus did. See, the wages of sin, Jesus took our sin, all of our sin, all of our crimes against God. They were placed on Jesus. The one who knew no sin became sin. He took what we deserve. He took the wages of sin, which is death. And that's why we hear him crying out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? because he was experiencing that death and separation from God and all good things that we deserve. He died in our place in full. He died. He was buried, but he didn't stay buried. On the third day, he rose from the grave. Notice the wages of sin is death. Having paid the penalty in, for sin in full, Jesus walked out, and he offers us a free gift. It's the free gift that enables us to overcome worry and fear and anxiety. The free gift is, is eternal life, and eternal life is about the past and about the present and about the future. Eternal life, Jesus offers us the opportunity to be forgiven of all of our sins, past, present, and future, and be given his righteousness. Eternal life is about the past. It's about the present. He gives us the opportunity to do life in a broken world with Jesus and for Jesus. It's about the future. It's the opportunity to do eternity with Jesus and for Jesus. 
So how, how do we get this free gift of eternal life and overcome our past and be prepared for the future and enjoy the present? Jesus tells us, doesn't he? And in John chapter 6, he tells us how we can get this free gift. Will you read this verse with me? Will you? Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. Let's read that one more time. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. So who does Jesus say has eternal life? Who? So if you believe, what does he say about you? That your past is past, right? That you are forgiven, you've been given his righteousness. And, and your future, your future, you're prepared for it. You have eternal life. You're going to get to do eternity with and for Jesus. And it means today you can do life with and for him. But listen, if you've not believed, won't you? Jesus has done it all so that you could have it all, that you could be forgiven of your past, that you could have a, a future with him, that you could do life with him. So the question is, well, what does it mean to believe? And, and we love to say it's as simple as A and B and C, where we admit and believe and commit where we admit. There was a day in my life where I admitted, Jesus, I have sinned against you and I'm sorry. And if you've not done that, won't you? And, and then I believed. I said, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You took what I deserve. Thank you that you died for my sins and rose, won't you? And then I committed to Jesus, a Savior and Lord. Jesus, I want you to forgive me, and I want you to give me eternal life, and he did. And, and I said, I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be, and he did. And won't you? Won't you? Listen, Jesus says the way we overcome fear, anxiety, and worship is we seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. We seek Jesus first. And the first step in seeking Jesus is we believe in Jesus. We believe in Jesus. And then the next step, the next step is we begin to follow Jesus. And we follow Jesus one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. Now, it's true when we believe in Jesus. We believe in Jesus. We have overcome our past. But if you're like me, my past has an amazing ability to barge into my present. Is that true with you? I, I do pretty good during the day. But when I lie down at night, my past overwhelms me. Has that ever happened to you? I am overwhelmed by my failures as a, as a believer in Christ, as a husband, and as a father, and as a pastor. And I am overwhelmed by my failures. So what do I do? Do I try harder? No, I seek Jesus first. Now, I want you to know why God's word is so important is the battle is in our minds, isn't it? The battle, my mind is filled with all these thoughts of my failure. But listen, because I know God's word, this is a verse that, that I pray while I'm lying in bed. In 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verse 21, look at this verse. It says, he, God the Father, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sent on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And while I'm lying in bed, I say, Jesus, I am so thankful you took all my sins and I'm forgiven. And then I say, Jesus, and I'm so thankful you lived a perfect life. And so you've clothed me in your righteousness so that when God looks at me now, he doesn't see my failures. He sees your righteousness. Oh. 
That's what enables me to sleep at night when I'm overwhelmed by my failures and worrying anxiety. How about you? And, and listen, for the little more mature here, maybe you're a chair three or chair four, that is really double imputation, right? What that means is that my sins and yours have been imputed to Christ and I'm totally forgiven and his righteousness is imputed to me and I'm righteous. Oh. What enables me to overcome worry and sleep in bed at night is to know that I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ. <laughs> See, that's what Jesus is meaning when he says, seek first, seek Jesus first. Don't promise God how much better you'll be tomorrow. <laughs> Wrap yourself in his righteousness, okay? Oh, and, and I know as a Christian too that, my, that I've, I'm, I'm <clears throat> I've prepared for the future, but I want you to know my future is always breaking into my present. Has that ever happened to you? That I find myself, well, well what if I have a car accident? Well, what if I get cancer? Well, well, what if I get Alzheimer's? I meet people, what if that happens to me? And you know what? It could happen to me. It really could. But here's what I do. I seek Jesus first, right? Because what did Jesus say? Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has what? Eternal life. And it might be for 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. I struggle with Alzheimer's. That might happen. But one day soon, I'll be given a new body. And for all of eternity, for all of eternity, I'm going to have a new body that will never get sick and never get old. And that's how I deal with the future today. <laughs> oh, I struggle with it all the time. When I was a <clears throat> young, I used to always look at old people, and they had these, like, spotches on them. <laughs> they had, like, these bruises on them, and I thought, man, you were old. <laughs> and I'm glad you can't see. There they are. I'm getting old. I was visiting my mom this week. She's 94. I said, man, mom, you're old. I am too. I'm so thankful to be a Christian because as I face getting old, I know Jesus. And I know the best is yet to come, but I have to tell myself that over and over again, don't we? <laughs> oh, I love Jesus. Not only did he show us how to live, he showed us how to die, didn't he? That Jesus is on the cross experiencing unbelievable pain. And what did he say? He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He knows in a few moments this pain will be over and Jesus is going to be in paradise. <laughs> oh, listen, as we go through life, we're going to have some really tough times, but we're going to be in paradise with Jesus soon. I hear people tell me all the time, well, Smiley, I want to go there, just not anytime soon. You know what that means? We don't know where we're going, right? Are we in paradise? You see, right now, as Christians, we do life with and for Jesus now, but we're not in paradise. But one day, we'll do life with Jesus and for Jesus, and we'll be in paradise Here's how we live. Here's how we overcome anxiety. The Apostle Paul says the greatest thing about knowing Jesus is it's all about Jesus and we can't lose whether we live or die. Because he would write in Philippians 1.21, and I say it to myself every day of my life, Paul says, for to me, to live is Christ. What is living about? 
living is about doing life with and for Jesus. And then he said to die is to gain because to die is to do eternity with and for Jesus in paradise. How great. Why do we worry as Christians? We can't lose whether we live or die. We're with and for Jesus. It's just whether we're on earth or we're in paradise. What a choice, right? So, listen, we believe in Jesus and then we begin to follow him. When the past breaks into the present, we overcome the past with Jesus and his word. And when the future breaks into the present and ruins our present, we overcome the future with Jesus and his word. And now we're ready for the present. We're ready for the present, to enjoy the present. The way we overcome worry and fear and anxiety in the present is that we are doing life with and for Jesus. Now, now let's understand what that means. To do life with and for Jesus means we are still broken people. We still live in a broken world. The difference now is we are living as broken people in a broken world with Jesus. That's the difference. It doesn't mean we're not broken anymore. We still are. It doesn't mean we're immune. No, no, we're not immune to any of the troubles the people around us. I often say the only thing being a Christian makes us immune to is hell. That's the only thing we're immune to. Everything else that others experience, we can too. And I want to show you something really important in verse 34. Um, We tend to think to have a worry-free life means to have a trouble-free life. And that's why we worry and are filled with fear and anxiety. I want to show you in verse 34. Notice what verse 34 says. It says, so do not worry about tomorrow. We can live worry-free lives. We can for tomorrow will take care of itself. Notice this next verse, though. Each day has enough troubles of its own. So a worry-free life is not the same as a trouble-free life. As Christians in this life, we will never live a trouble-free day, a day in our life. But we can learn to live a worry-free life. And you say, how? Because we're doing life with Jesus. And for Jesus, and Jesus says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. In the midst of our trials, he says, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. And what Jesus was saying is, man, I'm with you in your trials. And because of that, you will always be sufficient for the troubles you encounter each day. So we get to do life with Jesus, and we get to do life for Jesus. As we live in a broken world filled with broken people, Jesus gives us a purpose big enough to give our lives to. Uh, Jesus' last command, his last command was to go and make disciples of all the nations. I want you to understand something. People are forever. It's either eternal life or eternal punishment. It's either heaven or hell. And Jesus left us here and said, go, your lives matter. Go and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples until the world is one. The reason, the way we overcome our worries and fears and anxieties is we understand our eternity is secure so we forget about ourselves and we think about the people around us whose eternities are hanging in the balance. And we seek to win them to Christ where we live and work and and play. And as we do that, Jesus makes us a promise. He makes us a promise. And the promise, you've heard it before, 
is in Romans 8, 28 and 29. While we're doing life with Jesus and for Jesus, he makes us a promise. And he says, and we, what? And we what? No. It doesn't say, and we feel. It's why God's word is so important. Why we want to be under his word. We want his word to fill our minds because it doesn't feel this way. And we know. How do we know? Because God's word says it. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I want you to know it doesn't say everything that comes into our life is good. It says that everything that comes into our life comes through God's hands. He's not on vacation. Uh, he's not taking a nap. It comes through his hand. And his promise is he will use it for our good. But then he goes on to tell us what that good is. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. His promise is everything that comes into our life, he will use it to conform us to the image of Christ and to expand his family. Everything that comes into our lives, he will use to make us disciples of his and disciple makers of others. And you say, well, how does that work? So let me ask you, what is the most evil thing that ever happened in the world? What is the most evil thing that has ever happened in the world? It was the one time an innocent man was murdered, right? And his name is Jesus. The most evil thing that ever happened is when the creatures murdered the creator. And so the most evil event in history, the cross, is also the event that has brought about what? The greatest good, our salvation. And that's God's promise to us, is to take the troubles and difficulties that come into our life and to use them to conform us to the image of Christ and to expand his family. So, Jesus said, uh, Jesus said, to overcome fear and anxiety in worship, we, we need to learn to seek Jesus first because only he can help us overcome our past and our present and, and our future. Um, so usually the action step is different from the uh, point, but today is the same. I, I want you this week just to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And um, that's it. And uh, I want you to hear what that would be like, okay? Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to seek, be absorbed with, obsessed with, overwhelmed with. Seek first, the first of the week, the first of each day, the first of each decision. Seek first his kingdom. Seek Jesus. Oh, you've already started the week. You know what would make us run to church when we realize every day of our life is going to have troubles and worry and anxiety and fear are in our minds. And what we need is to fill our mind with Jesus and the word of God. So we run to worship to be prepared for a trouble-filled week. And then each morning of our lives, Jesus invites us to come and see and so we seek Jesus first because we know we're going to encounter troubles every day of our lives. And so we get up and we fill our mind with Jesus and his word, right? 
we know it's going to be hard, and so we prepare, and as we go out, we go out focused on Jesus and with his word filling our hearts because we know Jesus alone can enable us to overcome our past and be prepared for the future and enjoy today. And then this week, I want us, as we go out into the community, to go out on a mission. I want us to pray for and look for opportunities to share what we've learned this week. I want each of us this week to lead with our worry, to share with someone when we're having lunch or dinner or talking to them, to lead with our worry. Know what we learned about in church Sunday? We learned about the most repeated command in the Bible. Do you know what it is? It's that we're not to worry. I worry a lot. I worry about my past. I worry about the future. Do you ever worry? Me too. And you know what we learn? There is someone who can overcome our worries. There is someone who can help us overcome our past and and be prepared for the future and enjoy the present. His name is Jesus. This week, we're going to be with someone and they will lead with their fear. I believe every one of us this week are going to be with someone who shares with us, I'm afraid, I'm anxious, I'm worried. What an opportunity, right, for us to step toward them, right? To step toward them and say what? Me too. Me too. Man, I struggle too. And they're going to say what? Well, I thought you were a Christian. And we'll be able to say, why do you think I'm a Christian? The world is broken and scary, and I really need Jesus. Don't you? Oh, what we learned about Jesus on Sunday is that Jesus can help us overcome our past and be prepared for the future and enjoy life one day at a time. How about you? Would you like help with worry? Jesus is the one who can help. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so, so glad you came to seek and save sinners like us, broken people living in a broken world. And Lord, thank you for living and dying and offering us eternal life, the the, the chance to be forgiven of our past and to enjoy today and, and be prepared for a future with you. And listen, if you're here and you've never trusted Jesus, if you've never believed, won't you admit to him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And won't you believe, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And won't you commit to him, Jesus, I want you to be my savior and forgive me and and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Lord, I pray for those of us who've believed in you that this week we would begin to follow you one day at a time, that we would seek you first, that we would fill our minds with the knowledge of you and your word so that we can overcome the troubles that we face each day. Help us to overcome our past and future and to enjoy the present by walking with you by knowing your word, by following you, and by sharing you with others. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.